Hey guys, welcome back to Mayra and Catch Figuring It Out with Kevin. Hello guys, I'm going to do the Rebel deck, which is the no bullshitter card, which I felt like we all kind of needed. So <clears throat> I'm going to do, let's do Getcha first, right? Getcha, what does Bear want you to know? Just a quick fun deck. So what the hell are you waiting for? Get that shit done. If you're waiting for a sign, well, here it fucking is. So that's yours, Getcha. Yes, girl. I feel personally attacked. <laughs> and then for Kevin, shame, regret, and guilt. Those are just bullshit. Forgive, let that shit Damn. go. Okay. And then for me, <laughs> ask a fucking expert. Don't rely on your friends or the internet. Listen to a damn professional. Which is honestly what I kind of wanted to gear up to. So in the last episode, I did talk about, like, Kevin, you were talking about, like, your um, intuition. And I just wanted to pull in these plugs real quick as far as books go. So one book that I strongly recommend is Spirited by Rebecca Rosen. And then Ask Your Spirit or Ask Your Guides by Sonia. Um, and I want to say her last name is... Uh, Choquette, but I totally uh, know that I'm butchering that. And I just wanted to say that, like, um, so for my understanding, and this is me doing my research and reading, is we are all born, we are all assigned one or two spirit guides, M mostly with just one spirit guide. We're assigned to one spirit guide, or one spirit guide is assigned to us, and that spirit guide honestly walks with us throughout our whole lifetime because they are literally like our own like personal bodyguards and spirit guides come and go depending on the life lessons that we need to learn and archangels and other angels that are not your um, guardian angel your own personal guardian angel they're they're the ones that you have to ask or you have to give them permission to enter your life so I just wanted to kind of clear that up because um but anyways, these books are great for that. So I did send you guys a bunch of different questions just for like an icebreaker um, to start off the episode. Kevin, what what was your question? Um, I found this one interesting, especially because the lottery is at a high right now. I mean, yesterday I checked it and it was $575 million for Powerball. So my question for you guys is, what would you do if you won the lottery? Okay, guys, so uh, my voice is kind of going so I'm going to keep my, my responses as minimal as I can. Um, but for one, if I were to win the lottery, I think it's like you pay like $5 million to keep your identity sealed. Um, so people don't know that you won. I would definitely pay that. Um, but I would help pay off all of my siblings debt. I would like pay off their houses, um, you know, get you guys a house if you didn't have one. And I would also, um, help the, the Native American um, reserves. I would help um, with funding, um, with getting them, you know, proper education, housing, um, things of that sort. And I would also help, um, I know in Fort Collins, we don't have an all-women's, um, like, sobriety house. So I would, I would definitely help out um, in that aspect here. I would also invest a lot of my money that's kind of what I would do. What would you do, Mike? Hmm. Honestly, the first thing is, like, pay off my debt, which I would take care of me first. So I would buy my house. 
um, and then probably go on a vacation. Um, I'd probably just do my own immediate family, and then I would definitely, then I would help you guys. I would definitely help you guys, like, do off your debts and stuff. Um, and then I, like you, Kacha, I would want to start in my community. I definitely would want to help um, just further, further educate. And to be honest, maybe this isn't exactly, I didn't quite, con like, honestly, I just want to be debt-free. I think after that, then I would really just have to... <laughs> Um, think harder, but I guess obviously I haven't talked too, too hard about this question, but just to be debt free, dude, I just, I don't want to owe the government shit. I don't want to owe student loans. I just want a clear, and honestly, I'd probably just move to like a different country and buy an island or something. Um, but I'm thinking very selfishly. Um, I would definitely donate to other charities, but on the top of my, um, the tip of my tongue. I can't quite think of that. So I'll probably answer that question a little bit better on the next episode. That's funny because I put so much thought into what I would do if I were to win the lottery. So it's, yeah. I just think maybe but. just cause again, um, it's no secret that I don't have a very healthy relationship with money. So I'm like realistic and I'm like, when is my bitch ass ever going to win the fucking lottery? You know what I mean? Like if I daydream, I literally daydream about me being a mermaid in the fucking ocean, which I do a lot of that, you know, but that's just keeping it real. What about you, Kevin? I was just going to say you could buy your mermaid tail and different color mermaid tails. Oh, if you won the lottery, so. there you buy go. me one too. <laughs> now um, I definitely was thinking about this question when I was picking it out yesterday and um, I, I would obviously take care of myself and Beto, um, pay off our debt, um, hire a financial advisor because I don't want to have this a lot of money and, you know, blow it. But I would definitely help my family out, set up college funds for the kiddos, um, take care of Sam and Oscar and their kids, get us kids. I help my community out. I help people that, that have my back and that, you know, are deserving of, you know, it's not about the money, but it's a nice gesture if you think about helping other people. So I would just help out with um, different charities, help the homeless here in Phoenix. Um, it's a big city with a lot of drug problems. So I would um, invest it or donate money to um, uh, rehab facilities and all that stuff. So, you know, it's a lot of money and I would definitely not keep it to myself and I would definitely help other people out. I love that you guys have like such great hearts, you know, like you guys are like, yes. And I'm just like, uh, Hey, it's okay to be selfish too though. <laughs> um, there's actually a lot of great questions on here that I couldn't honestly just pick one, but I think like the biggest one that like just kind of really stuck out to me was what would I do with my remaining days if I had only one year left to live? Um, and I think I just would be like so unapologetically like I would literally take out all the credit cards, which is kind of going against what I just said, you know, but I mean, a bitch is going to be dead, but I would live like my best life. Like I would like, but maybe that's not fair because I think then my kids will take on the debt. But I think I would just like, I would just stop apologizing. I would just literally like my goal in life is just to wear whatever the fuck I want. Like I have small chichis, everybody knows that. But I always feel like shame, like when I don't have a bra on, because I'm like, oh my God. But I would, uh -uh, I would free the nipple. I would wear, I just, I would be unapologetically me. Well, I if if I was to die, I only had a year to live, and I would to, was to die January fifth of two thousand twenty three. 
I would definitely just live my best life, you know, let shit go. Um, I would still continue my healing journey. So I, when I move on to the next life, you know, I carry some of the, the lear lessons learned that I learned in this lifetime. But I would just, you know, count my days, live my best days, have fun, travel, spend all the money I got, spend all the money that I don't got, and, you know, just live um, young, wild, and free. <laughs> so... <clears throat> When you guys started talking, I'm like, okay, but like <clears throat> my debt would be left to Marco, you know what I mean? Or like my kiddos. So I think for me, I think I would, um, I would travel. I would travel with my kiddos. I would travel with Marco by myself. Um, I would really just want to spend it, um, just loving my family and just, um, being unapologetically happy just doing things that are spontaneous that bring me joy. Say that you guys always make me feel so bad for my answers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, my family too. No, I, I generally, and I love that answer, sister. I love that answer. I guess that you can just tell like, which has been like the biggest theme right now, right? For us, because we had like a group chat um, the other night with our family, um, like our siblings. And, we came up with the word, like, what is our, like a word for our family? And ours was transparency. Like, we want to be transparent with each other, with ourselves. And a lot of the theme came up was like, I don't want to be self-sacrificing. I don't want to be a people pleaser. And it's just crazy because I, to be honest, I can't relate with any of that. Like, I don't know how to be self-sacrificing. I don't know how to be a people pleaser. Like, I've always looked out just for me. You know what I mean? And And like, we were talking about like, um, and even mom was like, yeah, like you're very, um, like in kinder words, she's like, you're just a straight up bitch. And I'm like, I know, but it just goes a lot. Cause I'm really trying to figure out who is my dad. Like, I know who I am, but like, who is my dad when confronted with hard situations. Right. And that's what I love about therapy and group therapy too, because I love that trauma. And I've said this before, but trauma isn't one size fits all. Right. Like, trauma, everybody learns different survival tactics to survive their life. And for me, I just took the very, like, just very non-attached. And like one thing in therapy that, so my, one of my therapists was listening to a podcast, which I have to ask them what podcast it was that they were listening to, but she, so she just broke it down and gave us a bunch of statistics. And one of the statistics being that women that have experienced some type of sexual abuse do not come out or do not share their story until they're 52 years old. And She's like, I just want to applaud you guys for being brave enough to share your story. But then I had to sit back and I'm like, that actually makes a lot of sense because a lot of our older um, relatives still to this day do not want to share their story. Like, you know, and, and it's just, it, it just, it really like, it was very interesting to me, you know, because, and I've listening to old podcasts or old episodes um, and how I always say that I don't want to come on and say that I am something when other people have experienced that to a, a totally different level, you know, like, I don't want to be like, just like imposter syndrome, right? Like, I don't want to say something if it, it like, it doesn't resonate with me, you know? So I had to have like serious conversations and I really had to look at like, well, what is 
um, like a child prostitute, for example, like what entails. And um, so it was a lot of conversations and it's also reflecting and being like, oh, okay. Like I actually was very much a child prostitute, you know, and nobody knew about it, you know, and mom gave us a Christmas book of pictures and I know that I mentioned in the past that I don't have like, I wish I had a specific timeline as to like when it started and when it ended. And I, for some reason, I don't know why I kept thinking like, oh, I was nine years old, but that's bullshit. So I was looking at these pictures and in these pictures, I was like 11, 12, and it was still very much happening at that age, you know? So it's just, it's just interesting how trauma, like, this is where my um, tongue twisters come in, but like dis deteriorates or um, disorts. You guys help me help me with the word. <laughs> like it uh, it jumbles like up. Where you disassociate? What was that? Is it where you disassociate? Or... No, not disassociates. It like it disorts it. Like it does it. Um... You become like distorted. Like you don't really know like where it started or where it stopped. Yeah. So it's just it was just it it was just really interesting. Um, and then how like just diagnosis. So I was sharing in therapy how I'm it's ironic, like I'm a little upset with myself right now because I've never I'm 30 years old and this is very new to me. I want to say within like the last six to seven months, I really am experiencing anxiety and panic attacks. And I've never, ever experienced this in my life. And I'm disappointed in myself. And I did tell him, I'm like, I am frustrated with myself because how ironic that like my trauma didn't break me. Like it didn't, it didn't break me. Right. But experiencing like a car accident, for example, and choking on a chip, like that really traumatized me. And it has given me anxiety through the roof, you know? So it's interesting. And then there, it just, so they were just explaining how like your mind um, and your brain, just the way trauma works. And I, I, I just think it's super fascinating. It's very sad that women go their entire lives without speaking about, um, about sexual abuse. Um, 50, that's a really, that's like an, that's half of your life for some people, for some people that's their entire life, you know? So that's very, um, that's very sad. That's a very sad statistic to hear. Um, you know, with that being said, though, I think it shows a lot. And I'm, I'm very proud of you, Maida, because you have, um, you know, you going to therapy, you working through all of this stuff is, is huge. So I applaud you for that. Well, thank you, sister. And I was also just reflecting on like how less angry I feel. So I remember when I used to go into therapy and like my therapist would try to like touch to like really try to uncover like childhood like wounds and I just remember one day I was just I was like being such a bitch to him and I was and then I felt so bad because I'm like oh pobrecito he's just trying to help me but like I would tense up and I would want to cut somebody when they would even try to like dig up you know childhood issues and now I can open up and that's what I'm saying that's why I love therapy and that's why I really wish everybody can do it because it it generally fucking helps it it sucks and it hurts I ain't gonna I'm not gonna lie but I was just reflecting on like the beginning of this time last year and how um 
I was when I would get triggered, I was irritable and I would lash out on my children and I would yell and I would just be such, I would just be in such a bad mood. But now like I can acknowledge it, I feel it and then I let it go and then I proceed on with my day and it no longer affects my children in the sense of like, why is mommy in a bad mood now? Or why is mommy yelling? Or, you know, and I just, I just want to give myself that little shout out and like kudos, you know, but I also just want to like point out like just because because something happens to you like such a long time ago, like it's so important, right? To like heal different parts of you at different stages because every part of your life mattered, you know, every stage of your life mattered. And each stage of that life that you live deserves the acknowledgement and the love. Um, and that part of like, Maida's voice deserves to be validated and heard. And just like you, Lucrecia, like you are experiencing um, your own childhood, like memories, you know, and now you're going to uh, currently trying to heal that, you know, and I mean, we can talk about on different episodes, but that it's important, right, that we acknowledge that growth, you know? Yeah, I, ag I agree with you. Um you know, I, I am also, I wouldn't call myself a victim of sexual abuse. Um, I'm not ready to dive in deep yet um, on on the podcast because it's something I still, I, I've worked on, but I'm not, I'm not where I want to be with it. And yeah, like you said, Maya, it is definitely, it does suck when you're in, in therapy and they keep asking you questions and then sometimes your body just doesn't want to go there because, you know, you you automatically have a flashback to those situations. At least for me, I did. And so it was really hard for me to talk about um, sexual abuse. But I do talk openly to my family, my siblings, everyone around me knows my situation. And yeah, you know, just everybody needs to try therapy sometime. And they do have the answers. And sometimes it's just our own, um, you know, because our innocence was robbed from us. I think that it's hard for us to speak on something that we can't control. So I think therefore therapy can be hard, but it's very beneficial and it does, it does help you on in the long run. Well, you just said something that I literally just like voiced because you just said right now, I don't consider myself a victim of sexual abuse. Um, and you don't have to like elaborate, but it's just interesting because we didn't I really need to fucking get a vocabulary book, but we, um, we downplay our story, right? And because it's not so severe as somebody else's story, or it doesn't look like somebody else's, um, story, we downplay our, um, our traumas, right? And, um, I just, I just want you to whatever that looks like to just acknowledge it and, and, and just say like that is my story. And you don't have to do it today. And I'm not, you know. And I'm, I'm sorry if this is kind of making you uncomfortable. But it's just because that's how I started off too, right? Like I didn't want to own child prostitute because it did. It wasn't like me. I wasn't a little girl out in a mini skirt with stilettos, walking Colfax, you know, because that's what we think prostitutes are, right? Of someone that sells their body to multiple men. Um, so it, I didn't want that label because it didn't fit me. It didn't, I wasn't what a child prostitute looked like. Right. But because of certain stories and certain events, 
and because it was hush hush money um or hush hush gifts or whatever um it he was still paying for my services right so even though i didn't like the label i can finally say like yes i was a child prostitute you know which is you know hard to hear but i i don't know well you just said something right now Maida, where i <clears throat> I'm working with a therapist right now, and we are doing some um, integration work, which I'll, I'll, we can talk about next episode. Um, but I see her typically on Fridays, and I remember that I had my session with her, and I got mad, like I was upset before my therapy session, and because I, I thought about like what I wanted to talk about and how that made me feel, and it just upset me. And I already, like, I hadn't even gone to the therapy session, but I was already, like, upset, you know? And then I, I had talked to Maida about it, and Maida was like, dude, she's like, Giovanni hates Tuesdays, because Tuesdays is the day that you go to therapy. And you're like, yeah, Giovanni knows that it's Tuesday, and it's not like, you know, but it's interesting that therapy does that, you know? And I think... um, the, the results that I've had personally from my therapy has been, um, it's been really eye-opening for me. It's been hard also, um, but I think that's what it's about. It's about making us uncomfortable to uncover these things that, Maida, you just said, you know, that are taboo, right? That we find shame in, in saying about ourselves, about our story, because I feel like when we, when we own our story, and we embrace the dark along with the light, I think that's where the true power lies. And that's just my personal opinion. But I think when we accept the, the, dark, the dark parts of ourselves, I think we're able to really embrace the, the good parts about ourselves as well. And, you know, Maida, that's a part of your story. You know, Kevin, that's a part of your story. And, and I have my story as well, you know, but I think that that's, um, I don't know. I'm a fan of therapy also. I think it's, it's awesome. And yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with what you said also might about the whole therapy session and all of that stuff. When I see a lot of like memes, like pass it, like going around, like everyone has a sob story, like no one fucking cares. Like, truck on but it's like it's it's that mentality that people don't want to speak up and people don't want to share their stories and I'm not sharing my story to be like whoa me like pity me like sad me because I don't see myself as as a victim I don't see myself as like I don't want people to pity me but I share my story and I share taboo subjects that I want to continue to share because even with me like they made me feel like like when I kept them inside like certain situations, especially as a mother, it would make me feel like a monster. Right. But then I voice them out and they're like, no, Maida, like that's actually very normal. Like a lot of sexual trauma survivors experience just this, but no one talks about it. Right. So you feel lonely. And the thing is, is like sexual abuse, which really fucking sucks. It's not something that's abnormal. It's something that like depending on different what where you're getting your statistics from but it's like one in two or one in four kiddos experience this right or um and it if you think about it one in four is how many people in our block like that's a shit ton of people that have 
an experience of sexual abuse, right? And it, that's it, it, that's why mm, I share it in hopes that people don't think that their story doesn't matter, right? Because their story does matter. It's such a huge part of who they are. And it's okay to share, or it's also okay not to share, because a lot of people don't want to share, you know, but just to acknowledge it and then like, okay, like, I want to go heal this, you know, because I'm vocal about it. And I've always been, which I'm grateful for, that I love to talk and I love that I don't care what people think because it gives me the courage to share my story. Um, Because people judge us all the fucking time, you know, like, which is totally fine, but it's the fact that we are brave enough to be like, hey, this is what's going on. This is the real fucking real world. And then people that are so timid and so shy, you know, they hear our story and they don't even have to tell anybody, but they acknowledge it themselves and then they go seek help. And then maybe they do share their story. And then that other person they share it with, they're like, oh my God, me too. And then a chain reaction, right? And that's how healing starts. And everyone has their own opinion on like when to talk about stuff like this with their children. But I had this conversation the other night with my oldest daughter and she knows that I was sexually abused, right? And obviously I don't go into like great detail with her but she like knows like signs to look out for you know and and it makes me sad but I was like nanny like the truth of it is that's why we have to be kind because the truth of the matter is is I promise you mama as hard as it is to hear there's at least four or five people that you know that you go to school with that are currently experiencing some type of sexual abuse in her house in their home you know and that's why it's important to be able to talk because nanny's like well mama why didn't you ever say anything like why didn't you ever tell anybody and it's like nanny I did I did tell people but because in our community we're taught to hush hush we're taught to protect the predator and oftentimes it is family members right that were taught to silence the child's voice and that's what I don't want any I don't I don't want to be normal anymore right so if I hear a story about a little a, a child being sexually abused or the creeper you bet your ass that I'm gonna fucking say something because I needed someone like me growing up and that was intense. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I can definitely relate to you. And um, I, I get where you're coming from. But for me, what makes it hard um, that I'm still trying to process is like I'm over the whole, um, you know, I came to terms with the whole sexual abuse. It was not my fault. It was not something. But the thing that still kind of haunts me and it makes it hard for me to speak about was that because I am openly gay and I do live, have lived most of my life open um, I have heard people that are close to me or that were once, you know, a godparent to to me say that because I am gay, I asked for it. Like, oh, you asked for it. And that was not the case. And, you know, I'll, I'll definitely share my story one day with you guys. And But that's what I struggle with because it's still in my head. Um, I, those words play back like, oh, you because you're gay, you asked for it. And it, it's it's definitely hard for me to... You know, um, I, I don't have a relationship with those people anymore. If I see them, I avoid them like the plague. Um, my sister helps a lot. Like, he doesn't want to talk to you. Leave him alone. Don't acknowledge him. Whatever. Um, 
But yeah, you know, when, when you're told things like that or when a kid's voice is shut by, by our community, by our family members, it definitely um, puts, a, puts a strain in our um, healing and how we grow up and how we handle situations. Well, and I just like want to say, which that I tell my therapist, like logically it makes sense, but emotionally it doesn't feel that way. Right. And I'm only saying that because I, I'm still having a tough time with that too. Right. Of, um, believing that it wasn't my fault. But if you think about yourself now, like you're a grown ass man, right. And you, um, have nieces and nephews or you have like friends that have kiddos, like as an adult, you know that you are not capable of ever causing harm on a child, right? So so then you see yourself, you see these children, and then you can see yourself as, um, which helped me a lot with my healing because of my kiddos, right? Like I see when my girls were five years old and me as an adult and just being like, well, how can it ever have been my child's fault, knowing that they're literally innocent, right? And they're so gullible, which is why grooming um, these adults groom these children, right? Because they are so easy. They're so gullible. We believe everything, right? So it's just when you look at it in that perspective, it's easier to be like, oh, okay, it really wasn't my fucking fault. You know, I don't know. I don't know if that helps at all, but it's just interesting when now that we're the adults, um, healing looks entirely different. And I think growing up, our society was always like, oh no, like if anything happens to you, like it's your fault. Like they put the, they put the blame on the kid, which is really, um, it's really ironic when you think about it, you know, how, how they're able to manipulate it to make it seem like it's almost the child's fault. But like Maida, you just said it, like in, in no way, shape, space, form, or in any way can a child be blamed for something happening to them because at the end of the day, that's what they are, their child. And the adult is the one that, um, that should know better, you know, um, I remember one time somebody had posted something on Facebook, Maida, and and they were like, oh, that's why I don't let my kids go with anybody. And you were like, well, the majority of the time when, when sexual abuse happens, it's typically someone that you know, you know, and, and I think it's, um, I think when you really think about it like that, it's, it's very, it's very disheartening and it's very sad to know, but I think what we can do as parents might as we can just make our kids aware. You know, I talk to my daughter all the time too, about, you know, inappropriate touches about, um, you know, things of that sort, because it's just, I'm just doing my job to keep her safe, you know, but it's interesting how our society does that. And I think, um, it's really sad, but, um, I think what we can do is we can just educate our kids and teach them, to do better and not to do better, but to know better, you know, and that they have a voice and their voice matters. Right. But I know this episode is kind of a little bit, I don't want to say dark because I don't always want to like add labels. It, I think it's just a very, um, opening um, conversation, um, because I embrace all parts of me. Right. And, and sometimes a lot of it isn't rainbows, you know, but, I just wanted to be transparent in the sense of just because 
I'm 30, right? And now I'm very much experiencing. And uh, Kevin, you've mentioned too, like anxiety, like, um, like these are very real life things, you know, and um, I am making a doctor's appointment so I can go get medication finally, because I'm finally at that stage where I do need to be medicated for it. Um, but I just want to be like, these are like, this is real life. You know what I mean? And it doesn't matter. And I wanted to share the 52 year olds because it doesn't matter how old you are, right? Like there's still very much a little you living inside of you and life happens. And for me, it took a car crash and me literally choking on a chip um, <laughs> to be like, oh my God, life is so fragile. But because of it, like anxiety is through the roof, right? And mental health, like I said, it's it looks different on everyone. Everyone's traumas, everyone's anxieties. Um, it, it, it just, it isn't one size fits all, right? And my sexual abuse didn't give me anxiety, which a lot of people think that it would have, you know, it, it took a car accident and I sound like a broken record now but choking on a fucking chip to give me like anxiety that I've never experienced before and it's very crippling and it's real and there's other people that live with this you know and it's it's just it's fucking crazy not not trying to diminish your um choking on a chip experience but <laughs> every time you say that I think about the episode that we did <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying. It's funny as shit. Like, it's so funny because literally, like, it was good fucking chicken. And I'm a fat ass. Like, I'm always going to be a fat kid at heart. Like, I love fucking food, you know? But it's, it's, and every, I, you know, recommend everyone listening to that episode. But it's funny as fuck. But it's also sadly given me severe anxiety because of it. You know what I mean? And who would have ever thought that, you know? Well, Amida, and I want to say I'm proud of you for um, acknowledging your mental health and um, fixing it or wanting to fix it or wanting to get help right away. Because in my case, it took me years to muster up the courage. So I'm proud of you for, for taking care of, of your mental health because, you know, I'm an advocate for mental health and mental health is important. And when, when your mind is happy and you don't have all these dark thoughts in your head, you live a beautiful life. When I just want to say, like, to our community, because I very much had that mentality, right? Like, oh, my God, no, that's white people shit. Like, <laughs> only locals take medication. Girl, like, I ain't or... crazy and I take medication. <laughs> well, no, but that's why I'm saying, no, you know, yeah, like, it, you. it, there's, like, this um, stigma behind it. But now I'm like, uh-uh, dude. Like, I'm like, give me all the meds. Like, Zanny, I want it all. You know, because you have to live. Like, I have to live my fucking life, you know? Like, and if medication is what I need right now, then I'm all for it. And if medication is what people need, you know, like, it doesn't matter what your family says. They're not living your life, right? Like, if you need fucking medication to live your fucking life, then do it. Like, medication isn't forever and it isn't for everyone, you know, but we need to break the taboo behind it, you know, which is why I wanted to kind of touch base on like where I'm at currently in, in my, in my healing. But do you guys have any, any closing thoughts or prayers? I just want to tell all the people out there that if you've experienced sexual trauma, you're not alone. There is people that are out there that can relate or will understand your story. Don't let your story define who you are, but do make something out of it. Um, don't let it hold you back and just live your life beautifully and trauma-free as much as you can. 
but you have to do the work, so. <laughs> Amen. I think, Maida, if you want, on this episode, we'll post, um, like, a link for people that if maybe they want to um, start the process of maybe talking to somebody about their sexual abuse, um, we'll post a link with this episode. So if you guys want, you guys can get um, the resources to, to start your journey. But I love you guys, and you're not alone and thank you, Maida, for talking about your experience, um, you know, on this episode to such, to shed some light on, yeah. on it. And yeah, no, of course. And well, I love you, sister. And I just wanted to, I have yet to read this book, um, but it is on, on, on my audio bowl. Um, but it's called Healing Sex, A Mind-Body Approach to Healing Sexual Trauma, and it's by Stacey Haynes. Um, I hear so many great reviews on it, so I definitely wanted to share that one. I have yet to read it, but I am going to start listening to it. And sister, that's um, great that you want to do that. Uh, to be honest, I'm going to claim that I don't know too many resources. So I think we are going to have to dive deep and do a little bit more research so we can kind of share that outlet with you guys. But that, guys, has been another episode of Maida. And Catch. Figuring it out. With Kevin. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.